It is the draft season podcast. We are back after a jam-packed fucking sports weekend. It is your boy Young Raz coming live from where I often do Queens, New York. I'm with my player partner. Talk to him real quick. Yo, you already know, man. Uh, we we in the we definitely in the building today, Raz. Black Twitter's number one fantasy sports and entertainment podcast, draft season podcast. We out here, man. Shout to shout to everybody, rock with us. But yeah, man. Um, just talking about the sports weekend for a second, Raz. I mean, we here. We talking some. We are gonna get into some bullshit today. But so much happened in in at the NFL. That's uh division weekend, which is wild. So we're gonna touch on that. But before we do get into that, Raz, please. Please go ahead and introduce our lovely guest today, bro. Yeah, we got an esteemed guest on the panel today. Um, don't don't kill us either because you you are the the first woman to grace the draft season podcast as well, and and not by any neglect on our part because there's a lot of dope women in the space doing things like that. Yep. We just been kind of running with some of the network that we know that just has been inherently male. Um, so that you know how that goes, but. That's not an excuse, and we are very happy. <laughs> it's not an excuse. Before, before we even get in there, Raz, yeah, we've been planning. We we've been planning this for a second, and I really and this is not pandering at all because we do this shit back and forth. But like, especially when we talk about, we're gonna get into a lot of just you know basketball content stuff and just like media stuff in general. But like, I really had this realization probably like sometime last year, and just you know what I'm saying there's a lot of ladies is doing amazingly dope shit with a different spin on stuff, which I've really come to appreciate because, like you said, it's a very male dominated lane for sure um but yeah man they really bring something different to the to the to the just the basketball space so i've i've come to appreciate that myself yeah so let's let's get back into the introduction sorry we got <laughs> c joe lee with us today talk to him real quick hello hello thank you guys for having me on the podcast like it has been a minute I've, I was supposed to come on this, I don't know when, but <laughs> months ago, but it's all you know, good. Raz, Raz does the scheduling. Yeah, we're going we gonna to point <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna that on Raz. But yeah, no, nah, I mean, let's 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 get kind of into it. We can we can touch on the um the football bit in a in a in a little little bit, but let's um tell the people a little bit about yourself, how you got started, you know, what's going on with you right now, and then and then we could jump back into this football and then we'll hop right back into basketball. Okay, so I'm C. Jolie, and I run my sports page, the C. Jolie Report. I always wanted to work in sports, but I wanted to do that marketing side. So whether it was working at an agency, working with an athlete, working with Gatorade, didn't matter. Like, I wanted to do marketing, but I realized that anyone can do marketing in sports. Like, you don't have to have a passion for it to really be a marketer in sports. And I wanted to stand out. Like, you could tell... You can you can tell like sometimes these guys are skeptical because they're like, okay, like you do marketing, cool story. Like what else can you really do, right? They think it's like, I think some guys think it's a front when it's not. So in order for me to really show I know the game, I was like, why don't I start pursuing scouting? And that's pretty much how I'm at where I'm at now. And on the side I do, I'm pursuing jewelry design as well. So I do hope to service athletes in that regard. So my life revolves around sports and I try to do stuff that puts me in that um, industry. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I mean, and that, and that's a dope story. I think that's the grind of it is crazy, you know, just being individual and independent content creators. Um, but I mean, we, we, we saw you out in Vegas before before we before we get to Vegas, it, like because not I don't and it's a it's a real douchey thing that guys do when they talk about sports <laughs> with, with women and like Raz, we we it's it's funny because I hate we see like I don't Twitter loves doing like oh kitchen, but then I realized it's like nah, like you guys do this to a lot of women, but it's a lot of guys. I see some takes on time. I'm like, nah, I'm like, you deserve to go to the kitchen. Yeah, there's a couple bullshit. guys that'll be master chefs in there that need to go in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't know if you guys remember the um whatever that Randy Moss tweet was over the weekend it, about Jamar Chase. And he just oh got, yeah, 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 yeah. Hold on, hold on. He said, he said, <laughs> I've never seen anyone as dominant as this before. Not no, he said Randy Jamar Moss. Chase might be a more physically imposing yeah, more- than than Randy Moss. And uh, Jamar's a monster. Jamar's, you know, what I'm saying who they <laughs> bangle up, all that. We're gonna get to that in a few. But you know, Randy Moss is just he's in a whole different echelon. What we, what we talking about? That was a that was a. That was a go straight to kitchen. 
You know what I'm saying? Start put the put the uh put the oven on medium heat and start getting ready to cook some shit. But um, but yeah, <laughs> a lot of guys need to get to the kitchen as well. So like I know, especially when we have these conversations, you know, they they just get away on the on the masculinity, man. Like like I said, mm-hmm. it's, it's always it's just dope to see other like and there's a lot like I said earlier that there are women that know their stuff and that shit is just whack to me. And we need it. We need to do better than that. But um, <laughs> we get we can move on after that though, Raz. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was just gonna say just. In Vegas, um, you know, we saw just the kind of scope of your work, right? Like you're doing photography as well as the scouting reports and things like that. So, you know, just as we're going to touch into it a little bit later on the pod, you know, just keep this question in your mind. Like, you know, just because you're so well versed in a lot of different areas of the media and a lot of different things while you're out on the road, when do you have time to sleep? One and two. What is the most re- what is the hardest part and what's the most rewarding part of it? But yeah, let's 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 jump in to NFL divisional divisional round because some pundits, some critics, commentators were saying this was the best weekend of football that we've had ever. Um, I don't like to use hyperbole sometimes, but I mean that that last game kind of made it to where I'm not even mad at if anybody's really throwing that around because that 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 last that last game really set the weekend off and everything was you know you know just high intensity for the whole weekend so uh, we'll we'll touch on the last game you know a little bit later but we'll, other than that one what was your favorite game of the weekend Sean we can start with you yeah I well we if we just like go off the rip and be honest like the games progressively got better as the weekend like went crazy like i know that like the Bengals game started off it was a nice little appetizer uh you know just the theater of what happened in the packers and 49ers game you know we could talk about rogers in a second and you know i'm not i'm not we rats we have this conversation shout out to um shout out to our friend of our show family of the show infield you know what i'm saying just real packer homer and all that shit and, and rogers is amazing and we, we we've had this goat conversation but i guess this might this might be a conversation for another day I'm I, I'm not even the type of dude that does the ring talk, and it's funny that Brady lost as well this weekend. Kind of just ushering ushering the new you know era of of these you know modern quarterbacks, really um, the changing mm-hmm. of the guard. But um, I mean five is more than one. That shit is hard. We talk about the Rodgers versus Brady thing. Um, but yeah, I think the best game of the weekend had to be that Chiefs uh, versus Bills game. Man, it just kind of felt like they were playing a different sport. Yeah. Than than some of these other games. Um, I think defense for that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like even just like the fourth quarter was like, like that shit. If if football looked at like that every every single weekend, man, like it would it would legitimately just be a drug. But I don't know, man. That game, like Gabriel Davis, right? Somebody who we spent a lot of time talking about as well. Uh, you know, what I'm saying, what did he have? 200 yards, four touchdowns. It was yeah. it was an insane weekend. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I got to go with that that Chiefs Bills game for me at least. and you see Joe Lee. Last game as well, Bills and Chiefs, just because of that fourth quarter. It's like we haven't seen something like that in so long. They said they had 25 touchdowns in a minute or something like that. Or 25 points. 25 points points in a minute. I mean, it felt like 25 touchdowns. So, like, I'm not not even wrong there. Like, the amount of points that was scored in that short amount of time was, like, Yo, what are we doing here? Like, like Sean said, like we it looked like people were playing a different sport in that game. Mm-hmm. Bro, just to, to to go the whole like length of the field in 13 seconds to get the field goal, like that's that's hard to do in Madden, bro. Like I, I see shit and it's like, bro, they don't they don't took this quarterback and shit to a to a completely different level. You know, Mahomes and and it's whack that like I would I would love to see a rematch of that game, to be honest. If we could run it back, I'm like, can we do that again Sunday? Like that's just me. I'm, I'm like I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I'm down for, like to watch that game again. That shit was incredible. Would have been nice if the coin toss wasn't a factor. The overtime rules they need to change that. I, I, I'm I'm like torn on that too because it's like it's like yeah I get we want to see Josh Allen have the ability to to possess the ball like they already they already like put that rule in like a field goal off rip doesn't win it. Yeah. Like, at some point, at some point, we got to put like the onus on the defense, right? Like the defenses yeah. did nothing in the last six minutes of the game like it's like you know like even to give up the field goal with 13 seconds like what the hell was the defense doing there and then you know at the end like they couldn't stop anybody so it's just like football like I think you know a lot of commentators said like you know changing the rule to do that is taking defense out of it again like and we need at like at, at some point the defense has to play like 
granted, not every team is going to have Mahomes and Josh Allen where you can literally run it up and outscore everybody. Like some defense is going to have to be played. So I think we kind of have to keep that ruling. But I think for just one night, for sure, I would have been in for the rule to switch because that, that game is one of the greatest games I've ever seen in my life. I'm glad that. No, yeah, go ahead, ZJ. Go ahead. They shouldn't let the, the person that got the touchdown into OT have a chance to go first, though, in overtime. So I think the Bills should have started the overtime. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I'm really not mad at, you know, it's just like everybody, like if we both started off, like, all right, bet, you know, if I score, you score. I don't know, man. I feel like I'm not mad at it, especially like you said, Raz, especially after a game like that. When the when the stakes are so high, and honestly, it, I can't say that if if Buffalo had if Buffalo was in that same situation and they had thirty seconds to go, realistically, whoever had the ball last was probably going to win. It did not seem like like I wasn't even like in my mind. I had no. I was like, no, there's no way Mahomes is about to go down the entire length of the field in thirteen yeah. seconds to to win this game. And this is exactly what happened. Like, um, so yeah, man, Raz, I know, like you said about the hyperbole. I don't. We don't like doing that, but that was that was a special game. Um, I mean, talking about the 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 Bucks versus Rams game real quick. I, I guess we could get you guys take on the rest. We could get we could start with you on that game because that was also um, that game was also not lacking in the in the theatrics category. And you know, Brady, it was kind of like I'm watching this game the whole time, just kind of like when is he gonna make his comeback? And it didn't really kick in until late. But you know they were just gonna make that rat mad dash, and especially after the fumble. So, Raz, what was your, what, what was your, your you know just quick takeaways from? that Bucks versus Rams game. I mean, like I really thought he was going to do it again and I wasn't going to be able to to live with it, you know, for the for the next couple of days because you know, even though Brady is not in New England no more, like it just brings me back to a dark place as a Jets fan, you know, watching him succeed, you know. I like I like him more. Yeah, yeah, I like him more at now that he's in Florida, but you know, it's one of those things where it's like for for centuries everybody's been saying like yo as long as matt if we can get matt stafford off of the lines he'll be able to show what he can do um and they almost blew it and he took that punch you know that gut punch and somehow some way cooper cup running down the seam open and and matt stafford kind of got a little proverbial monkey off his back i mean obviously he's he's he hasn't gotten to the promised land yet but in an instance in which we've seen you know detroit lions led by matt stafford fold like that he was able to 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 rise above that. So I, I'll say I'm, you know, my pick was Chiefs Rams. If y'all remember the last episode um, for the Super Bowl, so we're still looking good. Um, so we'll we'll stay like that. I don't have a take because um, it was the game was on, but I was tired, so I was like napping, and then like I wake up to like a play, and then I fall asleep again. So I don't have a take, but I did see it was another game won off a field goal. So you know, and I. I respect that too because people would have got on here and lied. So, <laughs> <laughs> like people, people would have got on here and told a lie. Yeah, we got this. more. We got more football content coming this week, so we're going to touch yeah, upon yeah. um, the rest of the games and and preview the um, the conference finals, conference championship game. But yeah, what else we got um, to get into today, Raz? Of course, let's 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 really get into as that sports grind, that sports content grind that we all of us on this show right now is a part of. Um, just as independent content creators and you know Sean always says all the time like he got respect for anybody doing this shit because we putting ourselves out there so the moment we release it into the internet you know the critiques come the um you know like you just you're open to everything out there so I want to know just you know what is it what is it like getting out there and kind of just making a name for yourself like what are the steps you've had to take what are what are some of the doors that have been closed in your face what are what are gates you've hopped you know just things like things like that that you've done to get your name in some of these rooms yeah so for one is just the camera that was literally my that's what i realized can get me to tournaments and games get a pass so not not necessarily pay but be able to get to these events and then take pictures leave with content and then now I can like tag the coaches, tag the players and they're like, you know, who's that basically? That's how I started. And then a lot of times I'm the only girl in the gym. There's like a handful of us and I'm the only one with a camera. So I stand out and people just come up to me. Oh, do you work for a team or do you work for, uh, who do you work for basically? You know, so that's how I start to (laughs) introduce myself. What I noticed 
in basketball or in sports in general, you have to be out there. Like you can't be behind your computer or social media because you're not making that much of an impact at all. Like you need to network and all of the network, like my network has been organic just from going out and talking to people. And then on social media, I don't disregard anyone. So if someone engages with me, I engage back. And then if they're, I just read their bio, if they're in sports, I follow back. So, you know, in the case, oh, you're in Vegas, I'm in Vegas. Like, let's link up. That's just how I, um, how I do it. But it is tough um, being independent because you just don't know how to like get into certain um, credentials for certain stuff because yeah. you could probably work for, you know, overtime, not a fan, um, or you could try to work for Slam or all these, <laughs> 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 but you don't have the freedom that you you'd like either. Yeah. So even in the circuit, the the um, AAU circuits, you can work for a team, but you if the team but you want to work with a team that allows you to watch the other games and take pictures from of the other games. You don't want to work with a team that's going to have you. You only have to get contact content for them. That's why I kind of like the independent grind. As hard as it is, you have the freedom to do what you want. You can go when you want. You can stay the whole day if you want. You can watch a couple games. Like it, it's it's all on you. It's tougher, but you have a lot of decision making, and it's a lot of money. <laughs> but at the end of it, it's worth it in the end. No, that's yeah. Like like I said, it's it's super dope, man. I know one thing we talk about is it's really, particularly going back to just talking about scouting, and we we do a lot of scouting, and it's a lot of self and um analyzing. You know, just the past, what you've watched, and picking up things. You had a chance just taking a look at your page. You had a chance to do the um the pro scout school, which is super super interesting. It's something I've seen in the past. Uh, what was that experience like? What was um some of the information that you picked up? Um, and you know, just like like I said, for anybody that does scouting. Uh, always, you know, staying up to trends and picking up things that you didn't know in the past that are super important for player development. So from your side, at least um, from that, you know, having that opportunity, what really stood out to you from or just anything that, um, you know, you, you that you took from you from that weekend? OK, so they didn't actually have the the Pro Scout weekend, I guess, because it was too last minute, but they did do a mixer. In February, though, February, March, I actually did, um, I signed up for their virtual one. So I kind of had information already. And um, the virtual one, were, for the price, like it was, you get all the information you need. It was just a little dated as far as like, you know, the players that they mentioned. So I think the last one was like 2017. Um, since Pure Sweat picked up the uh, pro scout school from another company they're updating it for themselves like they have to update their virtual school now right um which is supposed to be updated this year so once they do that i'm gonna sign up again but um just being able to talk to you know drew hanlin and another um advanced scout from okc thunder there was a lot of people that were former scouts like you don't <laughs> a lot of coaches came a lot of trainers um i was the only girl of course, <laughs> but um, I expected that. But there was um, you, there's really no method to to how you scout. Pretty much everyone wants intel on what that that's not out there already. So if you have a player that people might know but they don't really know, then you know that's who they want to hear from. And it just <laughs> speaking of the Knicks. The um, assistant coach, I read something where, um, not read something, I think Thibodeau was talking about one of the players, I can't remember who, but he didn't have this, Thibodeau didn't have this information on this player, even though he's a well-known player. I think it was IQ, he was talking about IQ. So he didn't really know that much about IQ, but this assistant coach just went and gave him like a real rundown on why he's important to the team. So I think that's something I want to be able to do in scouting as well. Like not just, Oh, he could do this, this, and this. I want to bring information on. This is why they're, they're good for your team pretty much. So there was, yeah, they basically said there's no real method <laughs> methods to win. Um, that's, you know, that's, that's the number one. Method. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Advanced scouting is different since you are basically a coach, like you're on the coaching staff. And you're scouting like the next opponent. So he basically, um, the OKC 
advanced scout basically said it's like it's tiring <laughs> it's rigorous you know um i've heard advanced scouting is really you you you're away from family you don't have time to be around your family because you're on the road all the time so if you want to do advanced scouting like you have to keep that in mind too Copy. and i'll say like you know with some of the tournaments and things that you've kind of just been exposed to um you know, how have how has this year's kind of scouting cycle gone for you or last year's as well? And like, do you have any high school players that that our, our people should be looking out for in the next couple of you know years, like rising seniors and, you know, seniors right now? Seniors right now. So the players I got to see, you know, I'm a big advocate for <laughs> Derek Whitehead as someone that does make Whitehead like he I feel like people talk about him, but I don't think he gets the respect as he should yet. Um, I really, he's somebody that knows his like strengths and weaknesses and he's always like, he'll hear criticism. He, he's willing to hear criticism and like improve his game. Uh, I think Duke has a great player coming in him. Judah Mintz as well. Judah Mintz is another favorite of mine, um, that I got to see over the summer on team Durant and, um, he's currently at Oak Hill right now. I, like I'm trying to figure out where he's gonna go since he initially committed to Pitt, but then he uh, he got he started to get more offers, I guess. <laughs> so he, he you know he took his he's like you know uh, he's deciding once again where he should go. So uh, as far as Florida goes, since my time here in South Florida and Miami, uh, the Boozer Twins, of course, they are really good for their age like they are 14 they are freshmen they are playing varsity and so far they've done a really good job like they are poised like they have a lot of skill for their age and I'm excited to see how they're going to develop in the next three years um they go to Columbus High School in Miami so mm -hmm. the other players in Florida um Marvell Allen he's going to LSU he plays at Calvary Christian He's also a player that's highly touted in Florida. I think he's going to be really good. Kobe King, he's going to St. John's. He goes to Pines Charter. Gang, gang. So, yes. Tell us more about yeah. him. You know, um, is, he, is he a four-star, five-star? What are we working with out here in Queens? <laughs> I believe he's a four-star. I'm going to go to a couple more games of him this season um, and also – check out his workouts and definitely you could expect a report on him just for the St. John's fans. Cause I just made a tweet once like Johnny's you want to report and like 50 people liked it. So they run, yeah, we run heavy. We run heavy. on Twitter. <laughs> I know the Johnny's are very, very dedicated. So that's something it's I want been to a while since they've, we, they've been, you know, a serious player in, in recruiting. So, um, you know, it, it sounds like the coaching staff is doing their homework. Um, you know, we haven't seen someone. I mean, we had Shamori, obviously. Shout out to mm -hmm. shout out to Shamori, but you know, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, Kobe is averaging 16 a game right now. Um, they played like 17 games in total, like, he scored almost 300 points. Okay, so yeah, I think he like just from seeing him play at a tournament, he he stood out right away, so I was excited to see he was going to St. John's. Um, can we can we talk about it's it's funny we brought up um Derek Whitehead earlier, and you know what I'm saying I watching him. This is another Raz. We talk about we talk about the uh the factory that is Montverde, and they just they just yeah. turning these kids out on a on a year to year basis. And you know what I'm saying he's another one of these guys. Watching, I probably first time I he caught my eye playing with uh Scotty and Kate. He was on that. <laughs> he was uh. He was on that. <laughs> He He's been yeah. My verb is absolutely ridiculous. But uh, what do you what do you make of him? I've seen you. Uh, you had the uh, the interview with him as well. He seemed cool as hell. Uh, but yeah, what did you make of his game? And um, he's going. Yeah, he uh, he committed to to Duke, right? Yeah. Duke, yeah. Yeah. Yep. He he plays both ends of the floor. He I know he worked on his shot, but he does have a he has a quick release whenever he catches it. Um, he's not afraid to drive, which is always respectable you know not just always pulling up for jumpers uh he's i think he's a great leader as well like just take away the game as like aside just watching him how he is as a leader of his team um it's it's evident he is like the best the best player the best the best in the sense that like 
the coach like trusts him um, as a role to, you know, kind of set the tone for the team. So um, in terms of him, you know, because Duke, Duke has been churning out, you know, recruits forever, you know, so as soon as Coach K yep. has figured out he needed one and duns and now he's leaving. <laughs> Coincidence? <laughs> I don't know. But, um, you know, do, what do you think, uh, I guess, the fit is at Duke? And obviously we don't, we need to know the rest of how the rest of the recruiting class is going to shake out. But is, is, is he going to be someone you think that's going to be able to go one and done? That's so hard to tell these days. <laughs> I don't – I can't even really say if he's going to go one and, one and done or not. With the NIL now, it's like it's really up to him. If he feels like he needs to develop more once he gets to Duke and it's not working out, then, you know, do another season. Or if he feels he's ready to go to the NBA, then I could see him doing that as well. Um, I just feel like nowadays a lot of the lottery picks even will have to spend more time in the – in the G League, it's not, it's no longer like they're getting all these minutes. Like, didn't Jalen Green just come back from like an assignment? I think. Yep. I yep, think he yep. did. So it's like these, they're not, it's not guaranteed anymore. It's not, it's no, it's no longer like really a young man's game. Like the older players are more at like they, they're healthier and longer. So it's really yeah. up to, it's gonna be. It, there's more options now. Like, do you want to stay another year? Do you want to? Do you want to? You know, spend time and, in the G League. You know, I, I, I had this. I had this take. I forgot where I said it. Um, I do way too many. Sometimes you, I don't, I don't remember where the hell I said something or what episode. But just talking about yeah, because the G League is more important than ever, especially when you're just talking about you know scouting the the back half of rosters, finding these guys who are going to um going to be able to contribute minutes early. Um, that really need a you know just that opportunity. But I think yeah. just, just uh, you know, switching topics back, going back to a couple, another uh, somebody who else was in the news recently uh, that I would love to get you guys' opinion on, uh, Shadron Sharp. You know, he had the uh, mm-hmm. he's on campus at, at UK, Kentucky. Um, I think we're still waiting to see if he's going to actually play in games. Um, yeah. Obviously, he, re- he reclassified into um, into this twenty twenty two cycle, so it's possible he could. Go he into, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. He's really gonna. He has a type of skill set that is going. Teams are teams that are definitely. Um, I think for a prospect like him, who I, I think teams have probably done a lot of due due diligence on him, um, just in terms of what he's done. Um, on the prep level, and he's he's a widely known prospect. So um, teams aren't unfamiliar with him as a prospect. But um, yeah, what do you guys what do you guys just make of him as as a player? For a lot of other um, people who are, might follow the draft cycle a little more casually, um, like I said, jumping into this cycle, um, what do you guys make of him as a player? I'd like to see him play at Kentucky. I think that would be nice. I honestly, I know they said he's going to enter the NBA draft, but Again, it's so hit or miss. It's like if he goes in, he, is he going to make an impact right away, especially not playing in college for for years? I haven't I didn't get to watch enough of him during high school, but of course, he's Canadian. So <laughs> I paid attention as much as I could uh, to Shaden. But that's another one where I'm not um, I'd like to see him play at Kentucky. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm not going to hold you. I think it's one of those things where. You know, like I'm reading the comments on the side too. Uh, a lot of people are saying big believer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even the question. Just like people are just saying that they need time, whether it's in the G League, whether it's in you know college. The one thing I'm that concerns me sometimes now, and I guess we'll get a little bit less of that, is that you know when the kids were going across the pond, you know, playing in like the the New Zealand league and and those leagues over there where they're legitimately playing against other grown men like mm-hmm. grown, grown men that are playing for their livelihood, it, it became a little bit harder um, to scout them um, just because the yeah. game's different. They're so, so much physically outmatched, you know, mm-hmm. at, a, at that age over there, it's kind of hard. You know, I feel like, you know, LaMelo is one of those guys where, you know, his, he didn't play well over there. Like it wasn't like one of those things where you he know. Didn't shoot well. I, I would he say didn't he didn't shoot well. He didn't, if he he didn't scouting, shoot well. I think if he's just scouting the, you know, his, his box score statistics, I will come across saying he didn't, he didn't play, he didn't like play well, but you know what I'm saying? A lot of the signs that were mellow were there just in terms of, you know, just the, just the craft that he brings and that, that, you know, that, that bounce and that flash that he brings to the court, those are all there. But yeah, 
like I said, the the adjustment period of playing in um NBL is an extremely physical league. So yeah. it's that's no is it's no joke. And I would say it's definitely like um those are those are grown men. There's guys who played in the NBA years ago that are in that league. So yeah, it's definitely for an 18 year old, that's that's asking a lot to ask them to uh yeah. you know just step in and contribute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, let's let's get to to the question you referenced in in the chat, Sean. Oh yeah, I mean, I wanted um just just real quick on 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 Shadrian because um yeah he's he's super he his package of skills that he's going to to bring to um like if he's going to the draft or we're going to bring to Kentucky he's he's just somebody who um six six plus wingspan you know explosive two feet leaper in traffic he's able you know he's one of these guys that I I've seen people throw out you know, similarities between some um, someone like a Donovan Mitchell. And I think just the way he's able to contour his body um, in traffic, that's something that uh, is a really good plus for him. He also has shown um, just from some of the film that I've seen from him, um, just an improved, uh, you know, skill set and, and feel for getting to his pull up jump shot. So, you know, the, just the, where he's going to end up on the spectrum of a player, there's, it's a wide, it's a vast spectrum. It could go, extremely any way he could go extremely high and he has he's somebody who has a, a lot of potential um also has good potential on the on the defensive side so yeah what happens with him is definitely gonna be something that i'm keeping an eye on but going into you know I, yeah the homie script in the chat asked a, a wonderful question um and i think this is just more of a philosophical question which is something that um you know it, it probably does us a good you know I, I always love going back to the board and just thinking about you know what I'm saying? What we can improve on scouting-wise and finding guys. Raz, I'm sorry, man. Every time I watch the Pelicans are on right now. And every time I watch the Pelicans, I just, I just remember the conversation we had about Herb Jones, bro. Because I brought him up and you was just like, eh. He was just like, I don't really see it. I'm just like, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, but that's that's what I'm talking about. Just, you know, refining refining what well, we, we see. So We can't be right all the time. No, we can't, we can't be right all the time. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to be right all the time. Oh, like, no. it's a... There's a lot to there's a lot to go on that. Like I think about even <laughs> even you mentioned you mentioned Jalen Green and like Raz. I, like I don't think it wasn't like I, I felt like we we weren't low on Evan Mobley, but <laughs> we I weren't think this about high. it. And I'm just like I, I, like now and I love I love Jalen. I'm just like damn. Evan definitely should have been behind well, Kate, Evan, probably number one. Evan like literally like you go back and see what he was doing in high school and and college. It's not it doesn't compare to what he's doing right now. It was like I watched several Evan Mobley games. I was like, yeah, he's a great player, but I just didn't see like the you know the hype that he had. Like I was like, he's gonna be a good NBA player, you know, the size, whatever. But I get where you guys are coming from too with that because I didn't. You didn't, I didn't, you see, didn't see Kevin Garnett, right? Like you didn't. Like you didn't it was, see. No, I, I, it was kind of like that was that was kind of apparent, and some of the stuff that just jumps off the tape with Evan Mobley. I think another thing is just like particularly when we talk about just. The college game and and how different it is than the NBA. It's one of those situations for me, at least. Like it didn't take me long when I watched the Cavs preseason game before the season started, and I saw him on the NBA court. And I was just like, yeah, this looks different than how <laughs> like he didn't have, he didn't have yeah he didn't have any good guard play at USC, and he was he was responsible for creating his own offense. Right, I know that's a point we we spoke about. Um, but yeah, to get to the homie Skritz question in the chat, he says, "What are red flags to avoid?" as a scout when kids are so young um we just talking about the uh, the over glorification the you know what i'm saying uh you know falling in love too much with just the uh, just I the do. scouting and yeah it's like the rankings and, and things like that that's one thing um but but for you guys at least it's something that you know if you just uh like draw your brain from from past examples uh just things that you would you would you know might as a as a red flag things you uh, or probably doesn't foresee great development going forward for you guys at least i honestly don't think any kid should be under 13 should be like even evaluated at all like i'm not about to shoot down an eight-year-old's dream and say that <laughs> sorry you're not gonna make it because you can't you know, do this and that like i'm not gonna do that because uh. literally <laughs> basketball <laughs> there's a certain age where i think where you realize where you're gonna play um at an, at a higher level. And I think that's at least by the time you're 14, 15, because literally all you have to, you just got to train, you got to consistently work on your game to get better. And you got to be under a good coach to get better. Those are like the little things that factor in on how, you know, kid, <laughs> kid's gonna, 
kid's going to do. I don't think it really has, like, there's habits, maybe just their work ethic, really. How about yeah. you, Ed? I think it's the same thing. I think, you know, even in high school, right, it comes down to the motor. Um, yeah. And, you know, sometimes you can't, like, I mean, I've seen people increase their motor, you know, when, when money's on the line, right? <laughs> like, when it's in that contract year, but then it goes right back to where it was at, right? I don't think, you know, the, the how-to and the want-to uh, of you know like even defending you know it's like people can become effort defenders they're not they might not be the best physical attributes to become like the greatest defenders ever but just you know the work ethic and you know i don't need you to be like you know like being you know at the gym 4 a.m no sleep but you need to have you need to have some type of work ethic to progress your game and i think that's kind of where it starts that's the only red flag and you know kids that i would say like that jumps out once you get once they're you know so young before they've hit their basketball prime and things like that i think motor is the one thing you can call them out on that's it because like personally like when i played literally i just had one summer of really intense training and i got way better like it has (laughs) it's just i don't think there's a ceiling on that but then you know like ross said it does come down to just the motor yeah, no, I think those are those are both great points. And just at least at least for like I always tell people, like you gotta you have to watch, at least for me, like you have to watch multiple games to really get a feel of people. I know um some people like doing the the highlight scouting, and that's a very dangerous game to play. Like even I know like even sometimes when you watch just like video like mock-ups or whatever, um, you wanna like like I think that's something I tried when we were like doing the actual video. You don't want it just to be all makes, you gotta see sometimes, sometimes you can Sometimes, like, you can learn more about, you know, jump shot consistency by more of the uh, the misses than the actual makes. So if you're just watching the ball go in on that side, it's going to definitely be something. For me, at least, um, I think this is just something to at least scouting point guards and something I think about a lot. And point guard, for me, at least, you know, being the lead general and floor general of, of the actual team. And you obviously we get to the changes to the actual modern basketball with big wings and you have your yoga types on um, better offensive hubs, but just thinking about just the threshold for a lead guard prospect. And I think we talk about, if we talk about this particular class, it's not an amazing um, class of lead guards. I would say Raz, um, I would also say we spoke about um, Tata is definitely, I think he's rising my board. At least we make it right. Yeah. Um, next time I make my actual, he's, board, he's, just, he's got hurt though. So yeah, I mean, yeah. he's shown, you know, what I thought he would show, um, ability to be a lead guard, knockdown shooter, you know, just run, you know, watching him at, at the Iverson round ball classic, you know, he just kind of gave off, um, you know, that cool, calm, collected presence you would need from a point guard, especially as someone being so young. Um, so, you know, prayers up for whatever that injury is. I got to do a little bit more research on it. Hopefully it's not serious, but Ty Ty is definitely, rising up that board um you know especially at the guard position lead guard position mm-hmm. yeah, so again getting back to what i was saying is just like yeah the, the importance of one thing that i feel like all of the best guards in the league can do and we talk about just the importance of like first step so i think that is super and, and like i said it's when you get to some of these guards i think there's a threshold you have to meet as a lead guard especially in the league i think you would get there one as a a you know just an insane pull-up shooter that's one, but uh, just the importance of the first step in in half court settings is incredibly important. You know, I think mm-hmm. being able to create that advantage off the dribble is something that's that's replicable when we talk about what translates to the next level. Like we talk about somebody like like a Jaden Ivy, his first step is is elite. Might might damn near be the best first first step in the actual um, the draft itself. Um, he's gonna be able to to get to the to the T for the defense, um, force that rotation. And at that point, once you're forcing rotation, it might take time to really realize and, and you know, get more adept at, at you know, what I'm saying getting used to throwing the, the you know, the proper velocity on some skip passes and, and more advanced reads. But being able to create that advantage is super important. Um, and I think, yeah, just, you know, getting getting a feel for prospects, you know, just that that feel and that intuition we talk about. And I, I, I think this is something that happens more with quarterbacks for as when we scout quarterbacks for the NFL and they talk about you know, processing and for black quarterbacks, it's a, it's a detriment. They said it not yeah. they're smart enough to play the position. Um, we don't, we don't really, you don't hear those crutches in, in, in basketball as much, thankfully, but you know what I'm saying? Processing and reading the game and, you know, just being up to, you know, the speed of the game. We talk about how um, from high school to, to college, to the NBA, 
and those those increases in just how fast everybody is around you and how mm-hmm. those windows and how quickly they close. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that is extremely hard to um, you have to get a, a large sample size for players and see how they really adjust to it. Um, I think yeah. about Amani at least for that. Um, and I think just his passing, he has a long way to go as even a tertiary guy who you could count on to uh, make the right passes in, in a lot of pick and roll. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. shout out to the shout out to the homie script in the chat. That was that was a phenomenal question. Um, I make music in the chat says uh Chet Holmgren is a generational talent. Um <laughs> Raz and CJ, I will get you guys since, since we are here. Um, what are you guys making of? I don't know how how much of Chet you guys have watched. Um, but I've been I'm I've been just... impressed for, for what I've seen at least. Um step by step. What about you guys? Yeah, I've been um I'm I'm a chat fan. I, he just needs to get bigger. That's it. I don't see that's the only thing <laughs> because he, he could get bodied easily in the NBA, but he, <laughs> <laughs> but he has all the skills, like his, you know, he's super, his skill set, poise, footwork, handles, height, like it's all there. Yeah. I mean, I, I, so after seeing um Chet, you know, just in person, like you, you don't, you like take for granted how, how tall he actually is right like he's like even on tv he looks so much bigger than everybody else he's around just height wise but he's he's so real thin but like his skill set his skill set is incredible um i think he has still a case to be you know top two pick um you know that 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 run for number one is becoming real real tough because you know we're seeing a lot from a lot of other players as well that that come with a little bit more of a NBA ready body as as people would like to see. But I think the right team gets with Chet and gets him on that that weight program that brings him along not too quickly because you know big men start gaining weight, they get the feet, the foot problems and things like that. We don't want that for him. Just put on the weight steady. And keep improving that skill. And like Chet does have the ability to be a generational talent, um, you know, going forward. But you know, it's all about health and just the progression of his um his body. Yeah. Yeah. I saw him at um Summer League at Thomas and Mac. I don't know if that's where you saw him or if you just saw him play, but he is tall. <laughs> He's super tall. We definitely saw him out there, but we we saw I saw him at um I saw him at the round ball classic, the Iverson mm-hmm. Round Ball Classic out mm-hmm. in Memphis um last year. Um, and that's when, when Paolo, um, you know, I, I, like, I knew, I knew he was good, but watching him with that skill set at that size, do it yeah. to the whole camp, um, yeah. you're like, hold on, hold on. Let me do a little bit more research on that. And, you know, you're seeing that right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Now Chet, Chet is definitely, um, he, he's, he's t- like, he's not big at all. Like f- far from it, actually. Like, I don't know what he's weighing in right now. Um, definitely. Um, definitely below 200 um, easily at this point. But, you know, his I definitely think the his rim protection is going to translate. And I think even even though he is small, he doesn't play like um, one of these guys that you're going to be able to just pick on. I think he is going to be able to use and leverage that length um, to create havoc on defense. And I think um, particularly just just the way that just the way that the league is going. Um, and I think, yeah, that number one conversation, Raz, I don't know how you guys. Or where you guys stand on it? Um, it's a it's a day by day, game by game thing for me because it's a, it's I can a three make... person race right now. But they're all bigs, like like they're, they're all bigs for me. Like it's it's um some from Auburn, Jabari Smith, um Chet and, and Paolo. So it's like where do you? It depends on the team, right? Mm-hmm. Um and I guess who has the 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 best highlight at the end of the season, really? Because like it's it's neck and neck, like you said, day by day. Yeah, until they and until the draft lottery and until players are like, okay, I'm declaring for the draft, that's when I'll have a more of an opinion. But right now, until they do that, I'm just I'm just gonna enjoy college basketball. Yes, <laughs> same for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, Raz, we wanted there's a couple things we want to get into. Um, just you know, rundown wise. So, I, I mean, for for one one thing, I would love to get into. So, I mean, just just like. Finding those roles, right? As I know this time last year, we was we was you was extremely high on on the IO pack and you know just finding guys who you know are possible. You know, I I, I meant to tweet it actually, but and and IO IO has been amazing for the Bulls. You know, what I'm saying all you know all love and anybody now gaining 
um, or jumping on the IO bandwagon. You gotta, you know, you gotta send some royalties over um to Raz because he was he was definitely uh really, really early and in, in high on high on him. But for you guys, just guys that you know under the radar guys that are playing extremely well right now, um, that you guys think could be a sleeper, um, you know, late rotation guy that could come in and contribute to an NBA team early on, um, uh, from what you've seen in this like uh uh this half of the college basketball season. They're almost I mean, honestly, it's longer than that. But yeah, almost, almost to March. But who really sticks out to you guys as guys who could be late round contributors? So Sorry. I do like. Oh, <laughs> I I do like uh, Jabari Smith. A lot of times, I end up watching college games of players that, like, I've seen personally through high school. They're not big names, so it could be like you know. So I'll watch like, you know, I watch Louisville because um, DeAndre Davis is on there. Um, he's solid for them. Um, who else do I watch? Like, I'll turn on um Alabama to you know to watch Quinterly and um what's his name Davison play as well. Yeah, so I'll do JD. like JD. Yeah. Like I'll do like little stuff like that. Like you know even North Texas because you know someone that I watched that um when I was in Houston Aaron Scott. Like I'll I'll watch those kind of games right now. I'm not really like I'll watch Kansas obviously because I'm a Kansas fan. I'll watch Michigan State. You know um aj you know hogger fan just like those it's very like scattered with me i don't have like a set plan i just turn on like the streaming thing and i'm like hey what game am i watching today basically it's always a good game on it's always a good game on somewhere you just gotta find you like i didn't even know i didn't even know this game was on right now for me for me it's the ucla boys man um like i watched them put out watson huh you're not about to say Peyton watson no, 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 no. I'm talking about like okay, Jacques Jr. and um, you know, the boys that put out Michigan State last year because they're they're big shot makers and they're flying, flying under the radar and they're they're averaging you know good stuff. Obviously, you know, got our boy out playing at Lou Conaseca, um, Julian Champagne. I was about to yeah. say Julian. Can't forget Julian. <laughs> yeah, like he he's. He, I feel like he's league ready. Um, I don't feel like anybody else feels he's league ready. I mean, like, obviously he's going to come out this year, I think. Um, but I've seen boards that have him, like, as low as 37. I think if you get a player like that at 37, um, you're getting, you know, somebody that's, you know, ready to kind of contribute right away. And not, like, you know, on a grand scale, but you might need a spell bucket in, in you know, seven minutes of play, and he, he could be a guy that gets you that. And then um, – you know, I'm always, always rooting for those undersized power forwards. Um, I feel like EJ Liddell's been in college for 32 years. Um, he's yes. probably, he's probably going to be, in, yeah, like he's probably going to be in the second round. He's going to be somebody who's going to be able to produce, um, you know, some, some rebounds and some points at the power forward position in the NBA. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, um, we we didn't get a chance to speak about probably my, my just my probably my favorite player in. We haven't got a chance to speak about him on the on the pod yet, uh, Raz. My guy, uh, Johnny Davis. <laughs> um, Johnny Davis has just been – he's been one of the best shows in just – In Wisconsin? Yeah, Johnny Davis, Wisconsin. You know what I'm saying? He he has an advanced bag, and you know what I'm saying? Shout out to bag Twitter. But his game – his game is just – he's, he's just fun to watch, man. I think um, I think for anybody who hasn't seen it, I, I went back and watched that game. That, that game against Purdue, Wisconsin first Purdue, that's probably one of the best uh, college games that I've seen this season. Him and him and Jaden oh. Ivy going back and forth at it, but yeah, J- um, Johnny Davis is, is so much fun, man. I, I I really I really love his game, just about what he's going to be able to bring to you. I think that skill set, and you know, we t- we talk about you know just the footwork and the importance of footwork for for guards and somebody like Johnny Davis, I think he's put this on display a lot during this, um, during this sophomore season. And he's able to do, you know what I'm saying? Multiple dribble moves and still keep his base underneath him. I think that's sometimes something that we see with a lot of, you know what I'm saying? Off the dribble shooters, they can get out of control trying to get that shot off. And it's, you know, just mechanically, it's hard to, you know what I'm saying? Make sure your, your bottom half is lined up with your top half when you're shooting and you're not throwing your whole, mechanics off when you're doing that but um yeah johnny davis i think he's somebody who he's going to be able to cre- create his own basket i mean create his own bucket i think the first step is a uh, sneaky quick and i think he, uh first step combined with just he's he's really strong and i think that also shows on what he's able to bring defensively 
you know what I'm saying? So I think just that profile of somebody who he can score, I think he's going to be able, uh, he's going to be able to pass on, on a secondary level um, and play plus defense. You know what I'm saying? If that, if that shot from three really, you know, translates to, to the NBA three point, um, three point level, I think we're looking at somebody who could sneak up into the top five, possibly a top 10 pick. But yeah, he he's definitely somebody who um, I've I've definitely loved. But I know I know another thing we had on on the rundown um, just about the best conferences. So I think I mean I have a, I have an answer for this, but I don't know where you would go for that, Rad. Me, best conference is going to be the Big Ten. You can put that Big Twelve shit up if you want. The Big Ten. <laughs> the Big Ten I, I'm almost certain. Let me let's let's look at the last ranking. The Big Ten gotta have like five teams in it. Let's see. Purdue, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Illinois. What's that? How many is that? Is that six? Whatever. Either way, lots of teams always representing the Big Ten. Um, it's not the the flashiest of basketball by any stretch of the imagination, but you got to bring your lunch pail and your and your your hard hat to play in the Big Ten. Um, so that's always going to be my vote. Um, I'll listen to the dissenting opinions. <laughs> I'm gonna go Big Twelve. That's it. That's all. <laughs> I don't really. I'm yeah, a you know Rockstar fan, but they do have a really good conference um, going right now. Shout to Baylor. Yeah, Baylor's. Yeah. <laughs> Baylor is. Are you, <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> am I sure? <laughs> Ah oh, man, now nah, I mean, I'm trying to think of the talent wise too because I would if you're going like if you're looking at a big board right now, how many people in that conference is in like the top 15? And I don't know if that rounds out to the strength of the conference. I think that's more so just individual prospects. But I mean, it does help to see the type of talent and where they're going. Um, but 5K, what do you think for for best conference? Yeah, I'm probably I'm probably with you on um on the Big Ten. It's kind of it's it's been gang related out there, man. Like those those teams are, I, you know, what it is. I think just for if we're trying to like if we're trying to find teams that are going to be able to be a really hard out in in you know a tournament setting, March Madness. A lot of those teams have you know good blends of you know what I'm saying actual NBA prospects and you know upperclassmen who are familiar with the system that they're playing in. So yeah, I, I've been um I also want to say shout to um. You know, and SEC is no joke either, man. They got some obviously good SEC, ACC, obviously. Um, but um, yeah, man, Big Big Ten probably been just for me at least. Uh, when I put those games on, those games are usually pretty damn good content at least. For me. Yeah. <laughs> nah, you got jacket. <laughs> and then I got my last question is, I mean, I don't know how in tune everybody's been, and I know football and, and the NBA has been full steam ahead, but, you know, we're getting into that time where we got to lock in um, for these NBA prospects and NCAA and kind of start really deep diving into these games because the tournament will be here um, quicker than we expect. Um, you know, dark horse title contenders we have right now and, and dark horse I'll say is probably teams that are not in the top seven, eight, you know, the AP poll every, every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, because you were going for it. I thought you were really going dark court, like not even in the top 25. I mean, I'm open to that too. If you have one of those, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, because I'm not going to name anybody in the top 25, but I mean, if you have someone that you're thinking specifically, let, let us hear it. Well, I just realized that the others are, but um, I think Miami actually can make a case. UM, right. they've they're playing well. <laughs> Isaiah Wong's playing well. Yeah, Florida State Charlie game was crazy. <laughs> Charlie Moore is like is killing it. They have a, a good team put together, and uh, I think they could. I think they could at least get far in the tournament. So there's somebody that we need to be worried about, is what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> they like, beat like their game against Florida State, losing by only one. Like. And we know we have we got a lot of respect for Florida State on this program. Um, we love the way that they they recruit the same four players every year. We love it. It's a it's a factory over there. They putting out the same players every single year. Leonard Hamilton bringing like seven footers off the bench. Like no, I'm like, like what other college team is really doing? That? Scotty Barnes didn't even start last year, bro. Like it's just like he does he does things like that. So it's like, um, I'll say, who? Um, I like. 
I like um, Illinois. Illinois. Um, I feel like they're they're always going to be solid. Obviously, Michigan State. You know, no dark horse there, but you know, I got to make them a dark horse so they play they play better. And as somebody that's um outside of top twenty five, I, I do I do like Alabama as a team that's a tough out. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not as high as some of the individual pieces that they have, but I do I do like the direction that they're headed. Um, and then I will say. You know, it does sometimes get weird in that that Mountain West time zone over there. Um, I don't think they they're gonna win the championship, but I think if you run across if you're a team that takes a team like BYU lightly, um, headed into the tournament, you're gonna be going home. I think Davidson too might have a shot. You stole my pick. <laughs> you, stole my, you stole my pick. Nah, shout out to Davidson is low key been a, um, a very fun team to watch. Um, we talk about I don't I, I don't want to put them in like I don't know how I think they could win a if they made it to like a sweet 16 really wouldn't be shocked. I don't know how much I don't know how much further they like just talent wise they'd be able to do. But um Hun Hunjin Lee, um I'm hoping I didn't butcher that, but he he's low-key like one of the best shooters in the in the country. He's he's um he's just just that guy. I think a lot of people compare him to um, Duncan Robinson, if we just needed like a, a skill set that he brings to, but you know, he's pretty, he's pretty cold just about his, he, he's a, he's a shooter. He can shoot off motion, um, just rising up, hand in his face. Um, doesn't really matter. I think he's not somebody who, I don't know if he's coming out this year, possibly next year, but I think he's starting to really play himself into legitimate NBA, um, actual prospect. Cause I think that level of shooting, somebody's going to, some smart team is going to put him in the right role to where, um, I think even his frame, um, he's not here. I think he's like six seven. Um, with I think there's gonna be defensive concerns with him at the next level. But I think if you have the the right wings around him, um, he might not be, you know what I'm saying, somebody who is just going like every lineup that you play with him on the court is going to be horrible. But um, not I think I think that Davidson was was definitely a great one. But um I think other 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 than that, I would I would say uh just my other favorite team to watch this year and my other favorite player. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely going to work on my board soon. So we'll see exactly where I would slot him, but, um, Tari, Tari Eason, another one, um, former, former, uh, since he Bearcat, I'm not sure if we've talked about him on the, on the pod yet, Raz. We haven't. Um, the, the last episode we, we had, but, um, yeah, six, four kid out of, out of, um, out of Washington, Seattle, Seattle area. And he, he's another one. See, Cause you know, Seattle just breeds hoopers every year. Um, so he's definitely uh, about to bring another one, and he brings just a a, a grittiness and a you know he plays he plays like a, he's like a hard top kid. You could tell he, you could tell he played a lot of black top basketball growing up. Um, he, he fights for every inch. Um, I think he's going to be able to stretch the floor and, and shoot it. I think he's really made um, a good improvement to his shot um, just for what, what he showed last year at, at Cincinnati as well. I think his versatility on defense. I think he's going to be able to to really defend threes and fours and really be a switchy um day one defender in the NBA and um just his um also as a weak side rim protector. Um so we're talking about somebody who's going to be able to uh be a defensive asset and is, is going to be able to slot in. Um so that that LSU team has been they they've played some tough games. Um that yeah. LSU Kentucky game was 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 fun as hell to watch as well. So I, I've been I've been like what I've seen from um, the Tigers. So I think I think that's about it for me on that end, no rest. Yeah, no, I mean, LSU as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I like LSU. Um, they're 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 always pretty good. I mean, the SEC took a little hiatus for a bit, but they're they're back in full effect. Other than Kentucky, um, that used to kind of be the thing where it was just Kentucky was the the dominant player in that in that that conference. Um, you know, we've gotten some good coaching changes there. And mm-hmm. and some recruits have started, you know, heading and flooding back to the SEC. So we're, you know, that tournament's always going to be a good one now going forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, we did it. We did an hour today. You know, really, really appreciate you hopping on. Um, Thank you. You know, yeah, Thank nah, nah, you. this this scouting, this scouting. Gotta get her back on. Um, yeah, you gotta get my draft off closer to the actual draft, or like you know, some 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 maybe March Madness preview. So Okay. I have two players that actually 2023 in high school. You guys probably know um, Simeon Wilcher. I'm familiar. Um, Uh, He goes to Roselle Catholic. I like his game a lot. And Ron Holland. Ron Holland, he's on Duncanville. Um, 
in Texas. And he's super that dope. I'm not familiar with, but I will. I'll take the suggestion. We're gonna. We definitely gonna get some film on him. Yeah, those two. I'm. I'm excited to see both of them playing in um, this summer. Got you. Any any tournaments or any any showcases you hitting up that that we need to be at? I'm probably. <laughs> if I can, if I can, I'm going to all of them. Like I don't. <laughs> I haven't really looked at the calendar yet, but um, the circuit, I go on like um, the circuit to see like they have all of the tournaments for the year. So, yeah, obviously, just announced the, um, the new, the the, uh, the classic for this year. I think you said they're announcing it uh, next week, Raz. Where is it at this year? I don't even know. I just said they're announcing details next week. So I know okay. that's coming soon. Yeah, keep an eye out. Because he, he's been rotating there for a bit. So yeah. hopefully it's a little bit closer. But, you know, mm-hmm. if I got to go to Memphis again, you know. <laughs> Darn, you know, uh, there, I'm there. Yeah, I'm some, there, I'm there. Grab some barbecue and shit, but hey, you know, we, April, right? it was in April last year, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, nah, I appreciate you hopping on, and you know, this this scouting life is is no joke. So, like Sean said, we're gonna we're gonna get you back on, um, you know, hey. very very soon, um. You know, uh, we'll be back shortly this week, guys. A um, lot more to talk. Um, probably be back with you in the next couple of days. You know, we got a, the AFC Championship coming up, NFC Championship, Championship Sunday. It's going to be great in the football space. A lot of great college basketball on this week. Um, and stay tuned for that stretch of the NBA where, you know, things are going to get heat up. We're going to have some trade discussions and things like that. But, um, Sean, you got anything else for them? No, nah, man, take us out of here, bro. This is the Draft Season Podcast. It's your boy, Young Raz. We are out until next time.